Romans chapter 8, we'll begin in verse 18. You find your place in God's book, and we'll be looking together. We're walking through Romans, and we're spending a few weeks in chapter 8, so a lot of juice in chapter 8. So we're looking together at chapter 8, beginning in verse 18 through verse 30. Thank you again, young people, for being in the choir, and thank you, old people, for being there too. Amen. Grateful to God. Uh, for all of you and being in your place we look forward to December 10 get your tickets as Tyson told you and we'll have a good good day at three o'clock and at six so uh, you join us for that great day everybody doing well say amen Amen. that's pitiful okay glad you're here Uh, Romans chapter 8 now if you're glad to be here say amen. amen all right let me tell you that first crowd they got with you they shouting before we left here. They helped the preacher. We got out early today, early service. Had people saved during the service. People come, join the church. Grateful to God for that. But uh, they like to preach me to death. So thank God for that. I'm just glad to be alive and well for service number two. And I'm glad you're here in this place. Romans 8, we began reading in verse number 18. And read down through verse number 30. You follow along as I read because this now is God's blessed word. Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that we would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. This message I've entitled, We Know. There are many things that I don't know. Many things that we do not know together, but there is much that we know. Verse 22 tells us that we know that the whole world groans together. Verse 28 tells us we know that 
God is working all things together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. We know that God is working and we know that the creation groans. You don't have to be here very long and know that this old world is groaning. He says it several different ways. As a matter of fact, six different ways he tells us about this groaning in the text. You see it in verse 18. He calls it suffering. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time. Some of you are suffering even now. Walking through hurt and difficulty that we suffer. Verse 19 calls it anxious longing. You ever had any anxious longings? (laughs) Oh, we all do. Verse 19, for the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly. Verse 20 calls it futility. For the creation was subjected to futility. Not willingly, but because of Adam. He subjected us to it. Verse 21 calls it a slavery to corruption. The creation itself, in verse 21, will be set free from its slavery to corruption. It's coming into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Verse 22 calls it the pains like of childbirth. We know the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth up until this time. And then verse 23 says that we're groaning even within ourselves. We, uh, not only this, but verse 23, we also uh, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for this uh, adoption, that there's another life coming, there's another world coming. But we are in a world today where we hurt and and we groan. There's broken. You don't have to be here very long to know we live in a broken world. And yet in all of that, verse 26 says, the Spirit helps. Hallelujah. The same way the Spirit helps our weaknesses in the middle of this groaning we don't know how to pray but the spirit himself intercedes and how does he intercede he intercedes with groanings himself these these groanings that are, we can't speak they're too deep for words it's it's just as if you you moan oh god the spirit of god helps us as he intercedes for us and in the middle of all of that comes that phenomenal verse 28 that we know God causes all things not good things not just nice things God causes all things high and low bitter and sweet rich and poor up and down God causes all things to work together for good To those who love God and are called according to his purpose, the old evangelist pastor, Dr. R.A. Torrey, had a phrase for this text. He called it a man's soft pillow for a tired heart. I love that phrase. Romans 8, 28, a soft pillow for a tired heart. Is your heart tired today? You groan, suffer, futility, anxious, suffer. 
Anxious longing, waiting, 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 waiting. Will God ever? And he's working all of that together for good. Everybody walks in that. Everyone. I look through scripture, you could find scores of illustrations. There's probably not one better or stronger than our forefather Jacob whose name would be turned to Israel, Jacob. You know Jacob had all those children and all that difficulty. His baby, Joseph, the dreamer, his brothers, jealous, sold him into slavery after they falsified his death put blood on his multicolored jacket, took it home to daddy and said he'd been killed by a wild animal. And there was Jacob. His baby's dead and gone, he thinks. Some of you stood at the casket of a child. Never thought you'd understand. It's heartache. That's never been my lot, but I've stood with many. Bearing a child, it's, it's hard. Joseph's gone. Reuben is disgraced. Some have never buried a child, but you've had a child to be disgraced. Live a life of awfulness. Judah's been dishonored. Simeon and Levi broke his heart. Some of you have had children break your heart. Some of you have had children marry people that broke your heart. That's what happened to Jacob. Dinah was defiled, raped. Some of you have had children sexually abused. I met with a family this week, have two children. Both of the children have been abused at different times. Someone outside the home. I cannot fathom the depth of that woe and suffering that someone would physically and even worse to me, sexually abuse a child. My Lord, what a world we live in. Jacob, Dinah's daughter had been defiled, raped. His sweet Rachel is dead. So many of you, we've stood by the casket and buried a sweet loved one. And then you come to the end of Jacob's life and famine is worldwide. You're going to starve to death. He hears there's food in Egypt, and he sends the boys. And God's working all things together for good. They show up. Joseph says, oh, my. Many people have written and said it, and I've parroted it. It's a good thing for those boys. I was not Joseph. I'd have dealt with them, wouldn't you? 
sell me off into prison for two years and thrown into Potiphar's house. But now he's risen to second in command all of Egypt. The vision of God in him. He sees his siblings. God was working all of it together for good. Everything that happens is not good. Just hear me say. But our sovereign God can take broken things and make good things out of broken things. He does that with all of us. We were busted and bruised and battered and bleeding and awful. And God picks us up and puts us together again. Amen? And he works it together. He takes your circumstance. It looks awful. And, and yet God works it for good. You take some of the, it's unfair. Someone falsely accused and falsely found guilty and put into jail for multiple years. How in the world? Yet God says, if you love me, I'll work even all of that together for good. He doesn't mean it's good, but he works it for good. Things that you think are awful, and they are. What happened in Israel's life, Jacob? But God works but he doesn't stop. We stop at verse 28, but he's got verse 29 and 30 attached to it. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined, he loves what he predestined us for, to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among the many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he justified, and these whom he justified, he also glorified. God's work, he foreknows, he predestines, he calls, he justifies, he glorifies. Some have called this the golden chain of redemption. It's a good phrase, not a Bible phrase. But you see these five words. He foreknew. Now that's what makes him God. Say, so what's that mean? It's easy. He knows before. Okay? You, you don't have to get into no Greek and Hebrew to find this. See, everybody in here has after knowledge. I've got after knowledge. Amen. It happened yesterday. I'll tell you about it. What's going to happen tomorrow? That takes foreknowledge. I got after knowledge down. I know what happened in the first service. I don't know what's going to happen in this service. God does. He knows before it happens. Knowledge beforehand. Acts 2.23 talks about God knew. He foreknew when Christ came, he would be delivered up to the hands of sinful men and crucified. He foreknew it was coming. 1 Peter 1. Well, just take your Bible. Let's not go home on the screen. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. This is one of the best texts of it. 1 Peter chapter 1. Turn in your Bible. Flip on your phone. Don't send a text. 1 Peter 1. Peter the apostle. To those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. Those people who are chosen 
according to the foreknowledge of God. In other words, God knew who the saved was going to be before they got saved. That makes him God. You don't know that. This may come as a shock to you. You ain't God. You don't know everything. Some of you think you know everything, but you don't know. God knows before and after. Chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey. We're chosen to obey. Duh. Which is it? Chosen or obedience? Obedience or obey? Which one is it? Yes, it's both. There's a knowledge of, there's words, there's heaven's words, and there's earth's words. God speaks one way, man talks this way. Those things seem in contradiction to us, but they are not in God's mystery. They make perfect sense to God. They may not to you, but just wait a while. You're headed to a place when you'll understand all of that. You don't know here. Because God's speaking in an earthly language and earthly or heavenly words, and we've only got earthly words. He chooses and predestines and elects. I believe and I trust and I follow and I call. Those two things are not in opposition to one another. They're just coming from different sides of sovereignty. God knows. He foreknows. And those that... Before knew, he predestined. Huh. Predestination. And what did he predestine us to? He predestined us to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. He predestined us. Now, don't mix this up. Predestination is not causation. And I'm not giving you goofy words. Just hear me. Predestining does not mean you cause. God knows, and then he predestines us to become conformed. It's not the will of God that any should perish. But do any perish? Yes. It's not the will of God that you would perish, but if you don't believe, you'll perish. Not the will of God that any would die without Christ, but some die without Christ. Those that are saved, he knows. He foreknew that you would believe. And he's predestined us, and he predestines you to become conformed to the image of Christ. He's, he's predestined for you to be like Jesus. If you ever doubt how you're supposed to live, just read Jesus, and whatever Jesus is, do that. Amen? That's the way you're supposed to live. That's what God's predestined us to. Those he foreknew, he predestined. Those that he predestined, he called. He called. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God to salvation to everyone. To everyone. Yeah. He calls everyone who believes. To the Jew first, also to the Greek. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 23 and 24, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block to the Gentiles, foolishness, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, 
Christ, the power of God, he is the power of God and the wisdom of God. He calls, he calls, he calls, he calls. Now, this thing of election and predestination, it, it's, it's like a tide. It, it comes in in theology and it goes out. When I went to seminary, it was out. But as I went to seminary, the tide of Reformation theology was coming in. And it went out, now it's come in again. And it causes some moves to come. We're all on the same side, going to the same place. I have young preachers today, they wouldn't dare give an invitation. They wouldn't preach a sermon, then stand down here and say, whosoever will come, they wouldn't do it. And I say, why won't you? He said, what if I talk somebody into something that God didn't want them to do? Just let the Spirit call. I said, all right. I said, now let me flip that over for you. What if I'm right and you don't give an invitation and somebody's sitting there and they don't hear the call and they go to hell and they die? So I said, I can be just as philosophical as you. Sometimes I give an invitation, sometimes I don't. 98% of the time, I'm going to do it. There are times I send everybody out of here just to think about it. But God calls. He doesn't need me to call. However, he says in Corinthians, he preaches through us. Yeah. And Jesus walked by the boat and, and he said, hey, come, follow me. They didn't just jump out the boat and start running. He called. See, those he foreknows, he predestines, and those he predestines, he calls us. He's calling some of you today. Calling, calling. He's calling. Oh, the call of God. Thank God for it. I'm so glad that my pastor gave a call one day and I came. I said, Pastor, you could have gotten saved with that. I could have, but that's not the way it happened. Nolan Ford said, whosoever will let him come. Let me tell you, friend, I'm, I, I, I read after Spurgeon. I like, what, I like what old Spurgeon said about this election. He said, when I walked in the door of redemption, I looked up and over the door, it said, whosoever will, let him come. He said, I walked in. He said, I turned around and looked on this side of the door, and it said, elect before the foundation of the world. I agree with both sides of those doors, of that door. But you don't understand the inside till you get in it. That's why you're calling and wooing. It's why the church is here. We're to be a light set on a hill so all can see. We're to be a shout in the world so people can hear. The gospel is to be heralded. I have young preachers all the time. I say, Pastor, what's the difference in preaching and teaching? I say, well, Preaching's pouring it on. Teaching's rubbing it in. <laughs> but I say, if you're going to preach, you've got to holler once. Amen. The word is herald. Herald. I mean, if this place is on fire, you wouldn't want somebody walking in and say, you know, there's a, it's a, some bird. <laughs> there's a flame out here. <laughs> no, you won't take that walking in and say, get out, the place is on fire. And then tell you which way to go. It's the word herald. There's some gusto. 
in that. To call those that he foreknew. And just remember, he is the only one who knows before. You don't know. He predestined. Those he called, he justified. Oh, glory, what a word. Romans 3 and verse 24. Being justified as a gift. Praise God. As a gift by his grace through redemption, which is in Christ Jesus. The word justified is a legal term. It means to acquit, to vindicate, to declare one righteous. Hallelujah. For those that he foreknew, he predestined. Those he predestined, he called. And those that he called, he justified. He declared you acquitted. He declared you righteous. Don't ever let me hear you use this phrase. Never in my presence use this phrase. When I get saved, I'm just as if I never sinned. No. Friend, when you get saved, you understand you are the dregs of the earth. You understand you are without hope. All men most sin, but when you are saved, you are, you're declared, even in your sinfulness, to be righteous. It's redemption. The price is paid. My son, he's probably in this. Sir Bennett, you in here? Say amen. Yeah, there you are. Thank you. He's a prosecuting attorney. And he and I joke all the time. He's trying to put them in jail. I'm trying to keep them out. <laughs> but if somebody goes down and they got the goods on them, they try them, they find them guilty. The only way for that guy to have his sin debt paid is to go serve his time. Well, friend, every one of us are guilty, but somebody served our time for us. It's not like you didn't do it. It's that you did do it, and he took your place, and you are justified by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's good news. It's the only way you'll get to heaven. It's the only way you get there. Amen. What a Savior. What a Savior. What a Savior. Those he foreknew, he predestined. Those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. Now watch this. This is in the past tense. Already done it, but I'm not there yet. Friend, when you get saved, you are so saved as if you're already in heaven. Glorified. I wrote one of our former members a text several weeks ago. I just had her on my heart to pray for her. I'd buried her husband years ago. She lives in another city. And I don't know why, just God, I believe, brought her to my heart. And I sent her to how are you today praying for you this morning? And I got back a text I was not looking for. She said, Pastor, I'm well. And she told me about the grandkids, la, da, da, da. And then at the bottom, she closed with this. I am eagerly awaiting my glorification. I said, she got, to, she got it. I am eagerly awaiting my glorification. Whoo! Me too. Hey, do you know when you die, you get a new body? This knee that got busted 
in college and busted again in seminary, playing seminary softball. Some idiot playing right field. Do you know what he's doing? They hit a little liner over my head. I'm going back there to catch that ball over my shoulder. And that fool runs in, runs into me. We collide knees, and I'm in a doctor's office for a week. I got pictures all wrapped up. It hurts now. <laughs> How I get to glory? It, it, it'll be a brand new knee, and, and they won't put it in over at the hospital. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I get there, you see that finger that y'all make fun of? Broken five times. Right there. See that? There it is. Right, right there. Nasty looking. I can tell you when a storm's coming. Right there's a weather vane, baby. I'm telling you, the weather vane. I just put it up there. Oh, we fixing to have a cloud. They want to fix it. I won't let them. Dr. Morris. Brother Larry, he, we were playing basketball here many years ago when we were in the gym, and my finger hit that thing, ball again, and it was just sticking out sideways. He came over. He's an oral surgeon. He don't even operate down here. He operates up here. He grabbed that, and he, said, he put it back in. He said, you might want to take Tylenol when you get home tonight. And I get the glory, all these digits going to work. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to get some of y'all going to have a new tongue when we get there. <laughs> yes, sir. Somebody going to talk right when we get to glory. And you're going to get glorified. Those that he foreknew, he predestined. And those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. And bless God, those that he's justified, he glorifies. We go into a place that will never have the sun set. We go into a place that there is no darkness, no sin, no difficulty, no suffering, no problem. No, no, no. We're going to glory, glory glory hallelujah what a place and that's what God does I don't do anything God does that we know that's what I know all this stuff down here is just working together for good because he's wanting to draw more people to himself you say well what about that heinous cramp Friend, when you bow at Jesus' feet, he takes even that. Works it for good. See, my spouse died. I do a lot of funerals. The hardest, of course, are children, but somebody just married a short time, and when he or she stands there, it's, maybe they've still got little kids. There's no season like the season they're about to enter from Thanksgiving to Christmas. They, there's no pain like they're about to have. If you've got your family, you better hold them close Thursday. But there'll be an empty chair. There'll be an empty chair at my table. I always miss Daddy, but I'll miss him really at Thanksgiving. Mother won't be able to come. She's over there in the place just eagerly awaiting glorification. I may be glorified before she is. I don't know. 
He said, Prince, you don't know. You, won't, you don't know. All you got's after knowledge. You only know I'm dead after I die. God knows when I'm going to die. It's on the calendar. It's, I got a date. I don't know when it is. I can't even update my phone to find out when I'm going to die. I keep thinking one of these times it'll come up and they say, boom, you're right here, going home. Mm-mm. My phone updated the day before yesterday and my whole calendar left. I said, wow. I don't have to do anything next week. I showed it to somebody, they said, well, if you hit this button, I hit it, and there it all came back. I said, put it back like it was. Huh. Friend, you, you just don't know. You, you don't have foreknowledge. He does. If you'll trust him, he'll take care of you. And he, I'm not telling you, you know, all this crowd is telling you, if you get right with God, nothing bad's going to happen to you. They're lying like a snake. Read this book. I mean, read Jacob. His name's Israel. We just like, all that to happen to him. Go look at Moses. Hmm. But we're going to glory. <laughs> 